Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- a Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. 
get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. It's Tuesday. You know what this means. Gore Girl Summer continues. And the conversation you are about to bear witness to is going to open your eyes to some things, I think, where producer manipulation is concerned, specifically where it is concerned with one player who we talked to in one season, which was Bachelor Season 22. This player, I really, a lot of people ask me all the time, like, could you be a person on The Bachelor? Like, could you compete or whatever? And when I think of myself competing, I think that my run would go very similarly to this player. I identify with her strongly, and I'm very excited for you all to listen to this episode. I thought it was an incredibly honest, thoughtful discussion, and... Can't wait to hear what you all feel. And Gorgol Summer is not over. We will be continuing with Gorgol Summer. There will be a twibbin on Friday. There will be another Gorgirl next Tuesday. And there is currently a brand new Game of Roses t-shirt. You can check it out by going to gameofroses.co. It has our brand new logo on it. I see, Pace Case, you've been out in the world getting approached, what, 10,000 times a day because you're wearing the shirt? I will update you on Thursday as to how my peacocking has been going. I cannot How's yours wait going? to hear it. I haven't done Hope it yet, but I'm going to... Hope you have something no. to report. I still haven't left my <laughs> home, but I will eventually, and I will do it in the shirt, and I will report on people interacting with me or not based on it, but... We hope you uh, can find the time to pick up one of those shirts, wear it, peacock at your own uh, viewing parties, which are coming right up. That's right around the corner. The next season of Bachelorette's about to start airing. We can't wait to cover that as well. But what we have for you right now is a fantastic interview with the next player in Gore Girl Summer. This is... Welcome to the pit. Joined by one of the most memorable players from season 22 who also did two tours on sand in BIP season 5 and the infamous BIP season 6, we are humbled and honored to have with us today in the pit. Annalise Puccini. Thank you for being here. I feel like that's like, and the crowd goes wild. It's such a good end. welcome annalise you have 150,000 followers on instagram this puts you at number 133 on the all-time leaderboard right between bachelor season 18 fimp recipient charlene joint and bachelorette season 13 third place finisher eric bigger that's huge big names i guess so (laughs) Congrats. <laughs> okay. So we're we're gonna get to She's like I know already. I'm targeting them for my rise. <laughs> That's kinda cool. 
I like both of them very much. <laughs> We're going to get to everything that, that went down on your seasons of Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. But before we do that, this is something that we kind of open every Welcome to the Pit with. Um, we like to start out by getting a better idea of what you watched growing up and what your relationship to media was as a kid. So what were the shows that you watched when you were younger? Oh, I love this question. Um, it was a big, like, TGIF kind of family. I, you know, I, like, I was born in 84, so um, it was home improvement, you know, full house, the friends. Um, uh, oh, my gosh, why am I blanking on... Like my, well, yeah, there was just so many. There was, um, I'm like, what was the Jared Leto show? That was like a huge one in high school. Called Life, starring Claire Danes. Oh, my God, I was so in love with him. Uh, My first, like, (laughs) going for the bad boy kind of, um, yeah. And then um, Gilmore Girls. Like, those are probably my my top favorites. But we didn't watch very much TV. I feel like it was just, you didn't have streaming. You know? Did you watch the Gilmore Girls uh, new season? I did not know. But it's so funny because there's like a resurgence of popularity with that show. Like my nieces who are in elementary school and high school, they're super into like the original season now, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Oh. Improvement. Did it ever strike you as strange? This has only stricken me as strange in my adult years that that was the biggest show on ABC. It was the biggest half hour in the history of ABC. It lasted, I believe, seven or eight seasons. The entire show was built around an adult man grunting. That was the entire premise of the show. Tim Allen. What? Have you never seen Home Improvement? I have such a big crush on no. Taylor Thomas. Um, so that was probably why I watched. But uh, You were watching for JTT. I was watching for Tim Allen's grunts. I had the posters all, you know. Oh, I see the type, the long hair, the the brooding aloof aloofness. <laughs> um, do you know what your first season of Bachelor that you watched was? Or did you watch any? Um, I watched a bit here and there, mostly like with my, my mom and my grandma are big fans. And so, I mean, I watched it a bit. I want to say like before I went to college so like in high school I don't know what seasons those would have been but I remember watching like Sean Lowe's season 17 that wasn't like maybe that was after that must have been after college I don't know I don't um oh yeah it was um I I don't really remember the last one that I watched or the first one (laughs) but um but I you know I was like familiar with them always like um I think I watched bits and pieces of Trista's. I think I, I watched like some of Desiree's. Um, You're like, I've watched three seasons. All of them ended in marriages. And so this show works. You were like, 100%. I'm going to be married after this. Yeah. That's just yeah. how it is. I think about running to paradise too. It was like, God, look at all these like people that I've met through it because they you know before I had gone on it was already Jane and Tanner Ashley um and Jared I'm trying to think who else was like a there were some other yeah there were some other big couples that had, had come out of it already before Lacey and yeah there, that guy that one done, I don't know if that really counted but yeah there was quite a few um so yeah but you had watched enough of the show, both Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. You knew when you went in kind of what the structure of the game was. 
that there was going to be a night one and first impression roses and group dates. You you knew how it all worked going in. Yeah, I wasn't like I wasn't a total newbie to it for sure. Were your mom and grandma super excited? Well, that I you were going to tell on? anyone. Um, I told my mom. But that was it. I was so afraid that I was going to get like all of this negative judgment that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go and people can judge me afterwards. And then my, I mean, then I got judged a lot, but um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, I was, I don't know. I just, I, it was one of those things that first of all, it, um, I didn't think I was going to get on the show. So like, I remember when they first called me and then it was like a six month casting process for me. So every time they'd call, I'm like, really? You guys are calling me again? You, okay, all right. And I mean, I was 32, I was single. I was like, why wouldn't I fly down to LA for a weekend and meet with producers? Let me just see where this goes. And then when they were like, do you want to come down and do this? I was like, sure. But I really wasn't, I think about it now and I'm like, oh, it's so funny. So much has changed and like, you know, and we've all grown so much even in the last couple of years, just collectively, but, um, or I'd hope so anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of us have not, but. Uh, yeah, some have regressed <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, I look back at it and I'm like, God, I really was not in like the right state of mind to be going on. I thought I was, I thought it was a lot further along in like my own like mental health journey and just like, being ready for a relationship and all of those types of things. But I really, I was, uh, I think I was just like looking for maybe a little escape or something. And I was hoping that it was going to be like the fix it all answer. And it, and it wasn't clearly. So. I think even if you prepare, even if you've watched every season and I don't know, even if you prepare to the best of your ability, you can't really, picture what it's going to be like to be in that scenario like it's a very high pressure environment I mean I think some people are very good at um playing a role and like completely being that person and so I think for some people that are are like how can I say this in like the maybe kindest way but um I think about like some of my exes who are like complete narcissists and and I'm like god they really had me and everyone fooled and I'm like so there are people that go into it and it's easy for them to play a role and be that person I went in and I like fully it it flustered me I was like this is not for me and I kept thinking like okay I did it now I understand how it works like I'm not gonna they're not gonna get me this time I'm gonna be able to you know be myself and like come out how I how how I feel like I present myself to the world to like my friends and family and whatnot um, but every time I somehow got manipulated. Uh, I mean, that's something we talk about constantly. There, I don't know how often you listen to clickbait, but Grocery Store Joe is a host of that. And he said a line in it that we repeat all the time. It depends on who you wind up being. And that basically means that the producers can spin anything into anything and cut anybody any way they want to look. And if they single you out to be a villain or a fool or whatever the case is, there's really not much you can do to combat that. You're just like at their whim. Yeah. Um, did you apply to go on the show or get nominated or did they just reach out to you? How, how did that start for you? It's funny because I'm always, uh, I always try to track this, this back, like to get the, the actual answer. But um, I applied when I was maybe 24 out of like my first big relationship uh, they called me. I never called them back. I was like, no, not, I'm not actually going to do that. That's 
crazy. Um, and then, (laughs) and then I'm 32 and I'm at my mom's house. I had bought a house and I was getting it totally remodeled. So I was staying at her house. And, um, so it was like, yeah, it was kind of a crazy time. I was starting a business. Um, and I get a call and they're like, Hey, we just had five people say you in the office, you need to find out how to get a hold of this girl. I was like, Oh, okay. And then, you know, like I said, I was single and 32 and like, I felt like I had it all together. You know, I had my own business. I just bought a house. I was like, man, um, all, all that's missing is a relationship. And, um, and I think that's like something I've really done a lot of self-reflecting on in the last couple of years too, is like how I had this thought at 36, I'm now 37 at 36. I was like, I've been really living my life as the person I planned my life to be at 18. I haven't re done mm-hmm. like a real real life planning. And so, um, I think like, I, like I said, and I think that's where they really like got me is that that really did feel like the missing piece. It felt like the only thing I needed to be like this complete whole person. I just needed a man. I just needed to get married and have babies. And, um, and yes, like, I think that those are beautiful things, but I now realize like, I don't need those things to be anything. I'm great on my own, you know? And so, um, but I think that's where I was at that stage of life where I was like, I just need, that's what I need. The missing and when you were applying, when you were in this process, well, let me ask you this first. What was your relationship with social media like before you went into the show? Did you have various Instagrams, Facebooks, whatever? I mean, I had Facebook. I had Instagram. I don't know how many followers I had. I Maybe like maybe a thousand. I don't know. I feel like for then it was probably like actually that was probably pretty good. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I just I look back at some of my original posts that I've like archived now at this point or, or just like taken off and saved them for myself. And I mean, it's changed a lot, the kind of things people post. I think I still kind of post in the same way. I've just like progressed with how people post a little bit more, but I really just post like my authentic life. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to portray an image. I'm literally just like, this is what I did today. <laughs> this is this one was a cool day. I actually did hair and makeup today. Like I'll post a picture. What I try is, I mean, I try to just keep it as real as possible. So you have applied when you're 24 and then you go back on when you are 32. And night one, you come out of the limo and you are in what we call a tot, a trick or treat. You're in a costume. You've got the mask. You're the kissing bandit alluding to Ari's nickname and you have a bag as well with you was this your idea initially uh yeah it was my idea and I'm trying to remember so the producers were really trying to talk me out of I had in my little bag was a was Hershey's kisses and they were like you gotta kiss him you gotta kiss him that's gonna and I think that was like when when they initially went like light bulb we're gonna have him never kiss her because that's what she wants so bad is for him to kiss her so it's like a little you know um it's like the the sting I guess it's the it's the thing that the audience thinks is gonna happen and then like it doesn't happen so um so it created all this tension but that was basically they were like you need to kiss him night one like when you get out of the limo like don't give him a Hershey's kiss. <laughs> actually kiss him. I'm like, well, that's not, 
that's not me. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but you think that the producers prohibited him from kissing you for the entire course of your, your time in game? Um, I think there may have, I don't think they like prohibited. I think maybe like he has free will, but, I, but I do think that there were times that maybe, um, ideas were planted or things were, people were being pulled away at moments where that could have been the case. Cause that was really my, that was where my crash and burn happened internally in my brain was I, that was the, that was the messaging I was getting the last couple of days. You are the only one he hasn't kissed and you're the oldest one in the house. What do you think that means? Like it just was this. They said that in ITMs and you're the oldest one in the house. The what do you think that means? One in the house. He, you're the only one he hasn't kissed. So, I mean, I started having these like really very crazy negative thoughts in my head of like self, you know, just negative talk about myself. Like, of course I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. Like, oh my first, God. like this, you know, this is an issue that we deal with all the time as like aging women is. And so it's just playing on that already um, very sensitive thought of like men always want younger women, you know, you age up. They play on that a lot in The Bachelor. That's all, that's, <laughs> it's been something that's been like, to me, I talk about it a lot because I just think it's been played out. And like women in their 30s, like we we got it together, a lot of us. Like we have great jobs and we are like in our sexual prime. I mean, there's like so many amazing things about women in their 30s. And yet like somehow we always become, especially on that on the shows, like the desperate ones the ones who um, are a little like crazy because they haven't been able to get a guy yet, you know? So they're like, and uh, yeah, they've played up the, uh, the cougars <laughs> and versus the young, the young folks in the house a lot. I think, was it actually, oh yeah. The wrestling date was this season where like Becca is the, like tiny little sex kitten cat and they've assigned various roles to people yeah uh during your oh sorry i was gonna say yeah there was many things where it was like a are you can you swear here (laughs) yes (laughs) yes as much as you want Um, (laughs) go crazy it was just a total mind fuck because like we had we had the dog date and everyone got these really cute sexy outfits and i was the pooper scooper that was my that was my costume. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're, we're going to get to that, that rest assured. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then in week one, after night one, you get a group date. And this group date is what we call a forced violence uh, element in the group date. It's demolition derby. And so you guys are all going to have to go out and drive these cars and smash them into each other. And you do an IFI. You have a fear of this because you light, you harken back to a. Uh, a trauma that happened to you as a kid in bumper cars. And they cut together a package of a little blonde girl in a bumper car and they put a filter over it so that it looks like a memory and they have this weird audio coming in (laughs) that's like evil clowns laughing in the background and shit. Do you have any idea when you're actually on that date that they're going to do anything like this to you? Um, No. I, I felt crazy in that date. Like I... I hadn't eaten all day. It was like a really long day in the sun and we had been like spray painting our cars. And I feel like I probably inhaled too many fumes. I know it sounds like like an excuse, but I felt like I just, I was like, I felt like I was on the verge of just like a breakdown, you know, it just, um, and 
It was, it was a hard one because, and I th- I've talked about this now a lot because it's, it's given me a, a platform about trauma. And like, I think that it's a really, really important conversation that trauma can come from literally anything. And so to make light of anyone's trauma is really, um, it's disgusting, frankly. Like, I don't exactly know what was going on in my life at that time, but I do know that there was stuff that was going on that was being, that was coming to the surface because of something that was traumatic. And the only thing I could like, the thing I could think about um, was like being kind of picked on by other girls. And then my parents going through a divorce. And I just remember doing bumper cars and like having these girls that were kind of bullying me and picking on me all of a sudden, like it felt like very attack mode. And then I also like my parents were going through a divorce. I think there was just a lot of things. And I was like, I don't know, eight years old or something. So like at that age, you're, you're processing things very differently, you know? And then I had a boyfriend who died in a car accident in high school. And like, I talked about that. They never aired that. Um, So I had a lot of things that like were very traumatic around like cars smashing into each other. And what they didn't show was we spent like 30 minutes with a safety um, person before we even got in the cars and they uh, said like, if your car catches on fire, do not get out of your car until we're able to stop all of the cars and get you out safely. Um, I mean, there was like a lot of things. I was zip tied in the car. Um, I didn't have a seatbelt. Like there was so many things Wait, that like, yeah. Zip tied to what? You didn't have seatbelts in all of the cars. So uh, some of us were zip tied in. So like I was, I was having like, you know, a real visceral reaction to the fact that like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, am I putting my life actually in danger for some guy that I'm not totally sure I'm interested in? And I'm like, don't, I'm not like, I'm not having good energy from like anyone from like, yeah. I'm having a breakdown, but I, I needed to just like in that moment, I needed to just go cry by myself and be like, okay, pull it together. Like you got this, you're going to do it, whatever, but you're not allowed to have those moments. So like anytime I go to the bathroom, it's like, no, you got to come out here and cry in front of everyone. So I was trying to have like a very private internal moment of like, pull yourself together but I couldn't. And it just kept getting worse because like when you're trying so hard to push something down, it's going to come up. Wait, what do you mean you couldn't cry in the bathroom? I mean, you can, but like, you know, they show it even on The Bachelor that if you go to the bathroom, they're going to either follow you in or they're going to like, yeah, you don't really have privacy if you're having like a big moment in the bathroom. Because your mic is still on. They can at least use the audio and just put it over a shot of the bathroom door or whatever. But I have two questions to follow up everything you've just said. One, did you tell them about your boyfriend and all these traumas surrounding cars generally for you before that date? Was this in like preliminary interviews and ITMs before? No, I don't think so. And that's like, I've thought about that many times because I'm like, yeah, did I just like give them all the ammo before going in? Um, but I don't think I ever brought it up. I mean, I do think that there's probably, you know, you meet with a psych evaluation uh, person and you do all, all these Myers-Briggs-Z type testing, you know? And so like, I don't know, there may have been something where I have, where I put something about something in there, you know, like maybe they were able to say like, okay, well, sh- she's a child of divorce at this age, like, and then, but I don't know, maybe there are 
able to piece some things together to be like, ooh. But I think what really happens is there's like somebody in their ear that's like, this is interesting, keep asking questions about that. And you don't really recognize that that's what's happening. I I don't know if they could get away with like basically doing to you what they did now. Like I think that they treat, they theoretically treat mental health more seriously. But I mean, they've done this for a lot of people where they definitely knew. Like I remember... Emily Maynard ended up on a the previous bachelorette ended up on a date that was race car driving and her the father of her child had died in a race car it's like you're he was a racer but he died in a plane crash well he right he died on a plane crash but they made her get behind the wheel of a race car yeah which was obviously a horribly traumatic thing for her was there ever a moment in that date where you were like fuck this I'm not gonna do this I want to sit this one out (laughs) um I mean, the thing is, like, in the moment, that's when the person that had been, that was probably one of the few times that I was, like, fully aware that I was on a show. And, like, I remember sitting there crying and, like, the girls all kind of, like, whispering over, you know, to the side. And I just was like, I'm going to be that stupid girl that's crying on a date right now. And, like, I'm going to, I did not want to be that girl. And I'm a really competitive person, so, by nature. So, I was like, I'm going to do it still. I, and I came in third. So, I mean, I kind of killed it. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, together and I, I did it, but like, and people always, I think that's, it always frustrates me too. Cause people always like forget to, I mean, this feels like forever ago that we've been talking about my season. I can't even believe I'm talking about this right now, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like people forget that part of it. I think if I would have to me, like in the moment, or even looking back, if I would have sat it out, I feel like it would have let them just win. But I was like, no, I'm doing it. And I'm gonna, I'm like, gonna do well. And I did. Like, I'm already zip tied on all my limbs. Might as well finish this out. Breakdown today. Like the worst that can happen is that I get whiplash too. (laughs) I feel like like you are honestly one of my favorite players. And I think it's because I identify with you so much. I'm like, if I went on The Bachelor, I feel like I would have a similar experience to do it. I would be like, oh, no, I got this. And then immediate group date, I would be like, I would be crying. <laughs> yeah. It seems stressful. I thought it was going to be really well. And I have like a lot of female friends, but like it did bring up a lot of like, you know, it's very, I was never in a sorority, but it was very like, and I'm, I don't mean this in a negative way. It's going to sound very negative, but it felt very like sorority vibes. Um, what I could imagine, like people that I know that have had negative sorority experiences, like it felt like that for me. It felt, and I think it brought up a lot of me in like elementary school when I always felt like I was like being left out or I don't know, like, you know, just, it was a, it was a weird, that, that female interaction was really weird for me. And I think like that was almost the, um, the heart of like why I didn't feel great there. It was like probably less of anything else, but like if I would have felt really like comfortable, I always just felt like somebody was out to get me the whole time. So that's not a great way to be like, you can't be yourself. You can't enjoy it. Totally. And I mean, that's the producers. When you start watching that season back, did the producers give you a call before this group date to say, hey, we cut together a little package to completely make fun of your trauma. <laughs> we just wanted you to know that. Or is that a surprise for you on screen when you're watching? I mean, what looks like they really actually shot footage specifically to make that package, that little clip of the the little girl driving in the bumper car. I don't remember. I mean, I definitely got calls like 
through that season and through paradise for sure. I, I got calls some, you know, warning, warning me basically of like, Hey, you know, I just want you to know, like this, this maybe is not going to be your favorite episode, but like, just so you know, fans are really going to connect with this part of it or whatever. And, oh my and God. So like to try to put a, a little spin on You're going to be so relatable. <laughs> um, but it was really hard. Like it was really hard watching it back. I would watch it with like friends and family and they were like, I can't watch this. It's not you. And like, I mean, my sister-in-law was like, I've known you at that point for 20 years. And she's like, I've never seen you cry. <laughs> You've cried nine times already. Um, yeah, no, it was really, it was hard. It just, it, yeah, it felt, it wasn't, it wasn't watching like the best version of myself or a version that I even am very familiar with. So, um, but like, I, I do always remember a producer saying like, we can only get, we can only, I can't remember exactly, but it was like, we can only make you something that is already somewhat within you. Like we can't make you totally the villain if you're like unreal so they're they're oh my, oh god. my god they literally <laughs> shot a fucking package with an actress in a bumper car to make fun of you like of course they can do anything that's unreal but but makes so much sense that they would uh that producers say that to you god damn and cut out the story of your ex it's yeah uh... it has to already be in you that's unbelievable oh my god okay so <laughs> We now move on to week two. You get another group date. This is the one with the dogs. It starts out here in Los Angeles at Pan Pacific Park. This is an animal husbandry group date. You and the other players meet Ari out in the park, and all these dogs come out, and you start playing with them, and you're going to train them for what they tell you is going to be a show later. And once again, the producers cut together a package of you talking about uh, a dog experience you had when you were a kid. You got bit by a dog and almost lost your eye. And then they cut together this package again with what looks like a child actor and a growling chihuahua to try and diminish or make fun of the trauma that you're talking about. Were you aware at that point that they might be taking you into a fool edit? Or was it still like none of this even is on your mind until you start watching it back? I didn't know that whole like dog trauma stuff. Um, I didn't know we were filming when that, when that happened, I was in an interview and they said there's a plane overhead, so we're not going to record. And then they kept asking me questions during that time. And that was when I was talking about that. So I did not know any of what was going to be. They literally lied to you and said, we're not recording this. And then the, the very, I don't know if it was like a, a, a lie per se, they might've still been rolling, but they might've just been like, oh, that we're not going to use this so we can just keep chatting. And then, but yeah, that's, that. so, um, and not, I mean, the thing too, is that like, yeah, I, I own up to it. And frankly, like there's, it's so weird. I got like death threats for this. Like you would not believe I am a total animal lover, like complete animal lover. Um, but I did have a traumatic experience and in that group date, I think the card said, love can be rough, like, you know, something like that. So of course, I'm thinking we're probably going to be working with attack dogs. This is probably not fluffy cute. Right? <laughs> oh my God. That's a group date that will happen. Guaranteed. Look, it might have actually even happened already. Dogs. I was like, I feel like we're going to have like those suits on and we're going to have a bunch of dogs attacking us or something. And so like, of course, I, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have another, I'm already gearing up to have another breakdown and be like, but I was like, I, I love animals. 
if you like again I love how like people really zone in on one part of of things and they don't look at the whole picture to see where there's discrepancies in editing or where people are made to be something that they're not so if you look at that date when we're at the park playing with the dogs I was I was playing with the dogs um I had one dog that was just like loving on me was doing all the tricks we were just like I mean, I would have taken that dog home with me. Um, we vibed. And then I remember- yeah, We saw you had a dog when you joined yeah, us yeah, on the Zoom. <laughs> taking a little nap right now. Um, she, uh, so anyway, so they were like, hey, Annalise, come here a second. They were like, we want, to ha- we want you to use this dog. Um, turns out the dog that they wanted me to use is notorious for not doing anything you want it to do. It was just grumpy. Um, all of these things. So they switched out my dog for when they were like actually filming some of it. But even then I was like, I'm not going to let you get the best of me. Like I am, I can see what you're doing. I'm going to have fun with these dogs. Like I am not going to be the person that's like putting up a stink because you switch my dogs. I'm going to have fun with this. This, I think it was like a huge um, poodle, like a standard poodle. And, uh, but then I like, I posted pictures on my Instagram of like me and the, me and the poodle just like, laying on the grass together I'm like whatever my dog's not gonna do tricks we're gonna cuddle we're gonna hang out but like (laughs) you know it just they they clipped all the parts together where I was like go through the hoop come on go through the hoop and like you know all the other people got their dogs to go through the hoop and I'm like oh my god I got the dog that won't jump through a freaking hoop come on um but yeah it was like I could already see it happening in that date. I could see what they were doing because of things like that. And, um, and the dog trainer was there and the dog trainer kept saying stuff that she wasn't supposed to say clearly. And she'd be like, oh shoot, I'm probably not supposed to say that. I, so I knew it was happening um, by them like switching out the dogs and things like that. They were like, they want you to have a more difficult dog. And she would like say stuff and then she'd be like, oops, not supposed to say that. So I was like, you got, I know what's happening. And then we go to do like the dog performance. I don't know. Are you going to ask me a question about that or am I? I... That's the the pooper scooper. So then the the date moves. The second part of it is you guys go to the Grove, a famous mall out here in Los Angeles from which myself and Lizzie are banned for one year. And uh, at the Grove, you have to. Built by mayoral candidate Rick Caruso. He banned us? uh... (laughs) What? Well, no, he built the Grove. Oh, sorry. It's just a fun fact. Yeah. But and he uh, uh, is an anti-choice Republican until running for office. Anyway. Anyway, uh, the date continues. <laughs> it's set up. You have a little stage out of the middle of the grove. There's a little grassy area right in the center of this mall. Uh, the Dark Lord, Chris Harrison, and Fred Willard are off on a little judging pedestal to the side. And each of you has to come out with your dog on this stage in front of basically families out in the audience and try to get your dogs to jump through the hoops or do whatever tricks it was. Uh, or whatever tricks you guys were were doing in the park. But you don't do that. You are the pooper scooper. They give you a little bedazzled poop scoop thing, and you have to clean up after the dogs. Is that, do they just tell you this is what's happening? Can you object to that in any way? What was that like when a producer comes to you and says, everybody else is going to get to do the dogs. You have to clean up the shit. Um, trying to remember how that went down. I don't totally remember. I think, oh, you know what? When we were at the park with the dogs still, I think the dog trainer might've come over and said to Ari, like, okay, watching everyone interact for the day, 
this is what I think would be best, which obviously was fully, you know, a produced moment. Um, they told her what to say, or they had, or maybe, I don't remember, maybe they cut that and it was just Ari talking, but anyway, so yeah, so they told us then, um, kind of what was going to be going on. And I like, of course, in that moment, how can you not be like bitter? You know, like I was, of course. I was pissed, but I couldn't be pissed because I'm not going to be a bad sport. And again, like, I'm not going to let them get the best of me. Like, I'm not, I don't know. It's just not my character to anyways, like make a big fuss about it. So I just was like, I'm going to be the best damn pooper scooper there ever was. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to scoop. And they were like, like they were putting granola bars on the stage and stuff like that too. So it wasn't like I was picking up poop every time, but I'm like, listen, I have a, I have a puppy. She just turned a year and I'm like, I pick up more poop on a daily basis. So I'm like, whatever, bring it on guys. You're not going to get me down. Wait, sorry. You're picking up half real poop and granola bars. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But you know, I, I was like, so I, I did, I did acting and modeling like my whole life. I like being on stage. I love kids, and so I was like, I'm gonna have fun with this. Like, so to me, like the performer in me was like, I'm not gonna go out there and be like, mm, wah, wah. you know. I was like, I'm, I'm going to, like I said, be the best pooper scooper. So I remember, like, I was, <laughs> I was going out. I was making jokes with the kids. I was like, oh my gosh, did a dog poop? Like. Oh, it stinks. You know, I was like being very over dramatic yeah. and like animated with it because we were putting on a show for kids at the end of the day. And like, but I, I honestly don't even remember what that episode ended up looking like, like how it was chalked together. I just remember my personal experience and like, you know, those are the things that I remember. I was like, I'm, I don't know. These are like my people. This is my community. I've lived, I lived in LA for a long time and I'm like, I'm going to put on a good show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to our knowledge, you were the first player in a main game that they actually went out and shot extra footage to bolster a full edit with the the memories and the little kid and all that. I mean, looking back, I really think a big part of it was that they wanted me on Paradise. So I think like at the end of the day, um, I have to look at that as like maybe a compliment. I don't know. Or they just thought it was so freaking gullible and manipulative that they were like, sweet, let's get her for another season. <laughs> it was the price you had to pay to get on sand. I always thought a good experimental play in that date would have been later that night, you take one of the dog turds with you. And then at the after party, you say to Ari, hey, I really enjoyed the date so much so that I brought a little something with me from it just so we can remember it. And then you would take out the poop and smear it in his face. Or like <laughs> the, the really crazy edit and bring one of the granola bar poops and then just like take a bite out of it and he's like, what? No, I mean, yeah. And I'm like, I think, I don't remember again what was happening in those first three episodes, but like clearly not enough because they were like, we're just going to really make this girl seem crazy. And then everyone's going to want to see her at paradise and great. I'm like really pretty normal, I think, and pretty not like I don't know, whatever. Everyone's crazy. Or like I'll own, I'll own it. But I'm, but you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like you know, you got highlighted in one way or another. Uh, you end up that night at the cocktail party. You discuss the issue of not having been kissed with Ari. And he does a benevolent execution that spares you the torment of the rose ceremony. In that moment, 
Can you describe what it feels like to know your run in the game is over, maybe much earlier than you would have liked? So again, this is like, um, it's kind of shown, kind of not, if you watch carefully, but um, but I actually said to him, well, I'm going to go home then. And then he said whatever he said. Um, so I took myself out. That's why I went home before the rose ceremony. Um, I was just like, I mean, I'm having like such a grumpy day to day um, for very similar reasons. I'm just like, I'm so sick of people not choosing me. And so I think I was having that moment then. I was just like, well, screw this. Like, if you're not going to kiss me, if you think I'm like, and in my mind at that moment in time, I was like, if you think I'm that like repulsive and whatever, like I was just having a full on, you know, um, inner dialogue of like why he wasn't, but I was like, if you're not going to kiss me, then this is stupid. Why am I here? We're like, you're, you've kissed every other girl in the house. Um, but it was, I mean, there was nothing there. So it was so awkward between us most of the time. Anyways, we had a good, like, first, we had a couple good conversations throughout the time I was there, but I feel like they feel like they really didn't want us to, or they didn't want me to go on any further. So I like the producers. So I feel like, um, it was bound to happen sooner or later. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. .co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. 
clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my... Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. But I was you don't feel like he's the one that got away. Oh, no, no. I mean, I was like, yeah. Yeah, no. But like, there's so many things that when you're there and like, you don't recognize um, until you're watching it back and you're like, oh, that actually was not a thing. Like, I, um, I broke out in hives after the... Um, the demolition derby date. I think it was like the dust and the sweat and the tears and the helmet. Um, I broke out in like really bad hives underneath my eyes and I was so self-conscious of it. And so like, there was just so many things that in like, people just don't see, you know, the full, full story. But while I'm imploding, I'm like thinking, oh my God, I look so ugly right now. Like I have hives on my face. I'm, and then you watch it back and you're like, oh, you can't see it. Everyone just thinks I'm someone starting every interview with me, telling me I'm the oldest one here, and he's kissed everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like got into my head, and that was that's like the number one thing that if you're if you're prone to like overthinking things and getting into your head, then it's pr- probably not the right show for you to be on. Uh, right, me. but that doesn't fully stick. Because you get the call to come to paradise <laughs> and you're like, fuck it, this time will be different somehow, right? And uh, you are first round on sand in BIP season five, but Tia Booth was actually first sand and the central storyline is around her and Colton, or at least that's what they're positioning in the beginning. Do you have any idea when you're going into paradise who the kind of main players that they're going to be focusing on will be or what the central storylines will be? And did it seem to you when you got there like players who finished further in the game got kind of better treatment? Um, I did not know the storylines. I did not know who was going to be there. I'm trying to remember like walking onto the sand and like, you know, there's people that you suspect are going to be there, but I didn't know. I'm like, also, I'm such a rule follower. And so I I think some people maybe had chatted and knew that other people were going to be there, but I like didn't talk to anyone. I didn't tell anyone. So I, like, I had no idea. 
is there like a, a feeling though on the beach of like who the the kind of like important players are or who oh, the coveted yeah. people are and there's times that you can just see things going down and you're like okay it, just, it honestly does not matter what we do right now at all because the the filming crew does not care what we're doing they only care about like that storyline so there's times that you can see it you can like physically see it like you'll be sitting someplace and then like everyone's just focused on one little situation so um yeah you can definitely see it and i i i don't know i i felt that in energy that like i like a lot of times i was like what am i doing here like i don't belong here at all um because people that had made it further or were more popular from their seasons or whatever i feel like just yeah they get different treatment for sure um, you have, type, sorry, I, I feel that way. I know there's other people that probably would not feel the same way. That's just how I felt. I think there are also many people who feel exactly as you do. <laughs> uh, just, just putting that out there. <laughs> um, you are then hit on by the mayor of paradise, Jordan Campbell. Um, you mentioned in an interview with Olivia Caridi that you never really took that romantic possibility seriously, um, but that they didn't really show that your doubts on screen. Um, and then you are, was that, was that an actual romantic possibility for you? No. Okay. <laughs> um, I, was, I went to Paradise to be, like when I went, I was like, I am going to be totally open. He was not a romantic possibility for me. But then again, like Kenny wasn't really either. I just, I was like, I am going though to get to know people and maybe somebody will surprise me. Maybe Jordan has this facade and I'll like get past it. But I just like felt, and I, you know, I just didn't feel anything. With Kenny, like we just Jordan Kimball, Jordan things. Catalano, similar. <laughs> <laughs> Name, that's it. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, um, but I was like, I'm going to explore everything. That's what I'm here to do. And I feel like some of the people that had worked, I mean, again, look, Carly and Evan at the time, they were like, mm -hmm. they were hard. Nope, nope, nope. Um, and I think that's maybe why. Uh, producers wanted us to like to to kind of see if there was going to be something because we would have been such a weird like you know mismatched couple where maybe I would have been the whole time like no 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 and you know but that obviously I think he's happily married now so good for him you know yeah um yeah also on that season you were there with Colton Underwood who obviously became the bachelor of season 23 there have been a lot of people talking about on various podcasts and whatever that he was hardcore campaigning to be The Bachelor, specifically on that season, that he was just like telling producers, I'll do whatever you want, that kind of thing. Did you experience any of that? Did you see him kind of palling around with them or anything? No, I didn't. I didn't know that at all. Um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but I but no, I did not hear that. You then develop a relationship with Camille, but... They edit it heavily. You, we don't really see some of what you have talked about in interviews where you were bonding. And it comes off uh, in the document as a, a one-sided relationship um, where you're expecting a proposal, but there's like not going to be a proposal. How did it feel to watch um, that 
that romantic storyline back? Um, yeah, it was weird just because I I feel like uh, there's there's definitely this happens every season where there's just like the the couple that they even if they they were for me I was there start to finish you know but there's like always those couples that they just don't really give airtime to or they make it um, very cold or one sided or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like it's just it's so hard it's so hard to speak on like so many years later. Um, yeah, I feel like we definitely had something. I was not expecting a proposal at all. Like he and I talked about that in the fantasy suite. We it was like not not a thing for us. We both knew we were going into it. I think though, like there's the job of the producers to make people feel a certain way. So I was, I was like being maybe hopeful because that's maybe what I was being told to be. Um, but I, you know, I was being realistic about it. I think I was being realistic the whole time, even like, I'm probably getting ahead of you guys again, but like then in the finale, I was like realistic that I remember Chris Harrison saying something like, Oh, do you, do you think you're going to get engaged? Or like, you might propose or how's it going? I don't know. He asked me something. And I was like, I mean, we're good. Like, I don't know. Like I knew we were great. So, um, and even in paradise, I was like, I, you know, I want to see if this has like legs to stand on in the, in the real world. It might not, but we had fun. It was like a really fun little summer fling, you know? Yeah. And then on the reunion show of that Bachelor in Paradise season, <clears throat> Camille has promised that he's not going to break up with you at the reunion. Mm -hmm. Then you are both separated and kept in separate hotels beforehand. So you cannot communicate with one another until you're on stage where in fact he does break up with you. Did you ever get any clarity on why he chose to break up with you on camera like that? So, um, yeah, I mean, there were so many things that went down, like in that 24, 48 hour period of like flying out to LA, we were supposed to be in the hotel together because it was the, um, uh, like the, the finale was airing when we were going to be in the, when we were going to be in the hotels. And so we were like, it would be really special if we could watch it together. And they were like, Oh yeah, you'll be at the same hotel. You guys can at least like watch it together and then go to your separate rooms or whatever. But they ended up putting us in separate hotels. So we, we had no way of like reaching each other or getting a hold because you don't have phones or anything. Um, and then, yeah, when we showed up to film the finale, uh, he was in like a holding area by himself. I was in a holding area with um, with Jenna, who was engaged and just, you know, like we were drinking champagne and happy, happy. And, you know, the mood was high because that's what they wanted the mood to be. So we go into it being very like excited and, you know, about our futures with our with the person we left with. Um, <clears throat> and so when I was sitting out there on the hot seat couch, I remember, um, again, I was like, I mean, it's so hard because it's like, you want to be optimistic, but you're also like the person in me that's like a grounded human, not on a reality TV show is trying to be realistic. Like, is this really like, and do I want to be proposed on the real like no that's not my that's not my thing like so um and I had told him that too it was like even if you are going to propose to me like don't do it at the reunion show let's do it some time other outside of this you know um but yeah we had talked about it and I was like just please don't do that because there were a couple conversations that he had had with producers before even flying out where he was like I feel like they're trying to like get 
something to happen. And, and, um, and so I was like, just don't let that happen, you know? Um, and anyway, so then I remember when he walked out on stage, I could just see it immediately. And I was just, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I knew it in his face and his body language. Like you can just tell when somebody's like shut off to you. Um, so then that happened. Um, I went back to the hotel after that and, uh, I was like with a producer, they gave me my phone back. I, um, I called like two of my girlfriends who, who knew like everything that happened and, and they booked a flight immediately and like got a hotel for the weekend and they came down, um, because I was supposed to be staying with Camille. Like that was that whole, like, I don't know if you remember, I had booked in the Airbnb. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we were supposed to be down there and I was like, do I just fly back? Like, you know, um, but there's all these like things happening still. And, and, um, and so, and then I remember I just like ate a whole pizza probably, or tried to, maybe tried to. <laughs> um, and then I think it was like Chelsea and Angela or somebody came to my room and they were like, you get your ass up. We're going out. And I, I was like, no, I really don't want to. They're like, put on your sluttiest dress. We're going out. Um, and they were like, Camille might be at the dinner. And I, I was like, I don't want to do this. No. Um, and then everyone was texting Camille cause they knew that I was coming then. And they were like, don't come. You're not welcome. Annalise is going to be there. You're not welcome. Anyways, he shows up at the dinner. Um, and so like, I mean, it's kind of one of those, what it, like when you do break up with somebody, you just want them to see you like looking hot and thriving. So I felt like I was doing that, even though he didn't know I had been crying all afternoon and eating pizza. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he, he shows up and, um, I think we were like sitting on opposite ends of the table and people were just like, you know, kind of berating him a bit, like what, what the fuck, man, you know, I don't know. And then, um, we all were going to like a club afterwards and everyone left and he and I like sat in, in this one little corner of the restaurant and talked for, I don't know an hour and we just like weren't getting anywhere and so I was like this is so stupid like I'm not talking to you anymore um and I think I like went home I don't know what he did but then um my girlfriends flew down I stayed with them and he ended up um I'm trying to remember how this all went down but they were like we we want to talk to you and he agreed to it or something like that, or he wanted to talk to me. I'm, I'm like blurry on the details, but anyways, point being, we ended up meeting him in like Santa Monica, Venice. Um, we, I was with like my two, two girlfriends. He walks up, my girlfriends were like, Annalise, get out of here. <laughs> we're going to talk to him. And then they talked to him for, these are nice girlfriends yeah, <laughs> flying out, grilling them. <laughs> I mean, they knew like, that's a, it's a big moment to just have like in front of a live audience like be broken up with and then also yeah it was a lot so anyways um they talked to him and they they learned a lot and um and then it was just weird like we ended up going hiking with him that afternoon and got like burgers with him and um and then that was kind of it so I feel like we left things on like kind of okay terms I think the thing is is that like I don't think that Camila is a bad person and um it's like much easier to be like ah he's whatever piece of shit and like blame and whatever whatever but I know how things can be manipulated and 
I know what happened to him during the time that he was in the room um, before going out there and like things that were said. And he, he had said to me afterwards, he was like, I never wanted to do that. I never thought they could get to me. And so, um, God, they made him do it. I mean, like, I can't say they made him do it, but there were thoughts put in your head. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what I assumed when I watched it back. I was like, this feels like there's been something at play here. I mean, I think think it's really hard to, because when you are, when you are being, when you're with a master manipulator, they're really good at, <laughs> like I think probably the essence was you're gonna be the good guy because you're she like wants all these things and you're gonna like you're gonna come off as this like hero guy for like letting her go and that's like whatever. Um but yeah, that's obviously not what happened. Do you still have any relationships with producers? Are any of them your yeah. friends? Do you talk yeah. to any of them? Um, I have one really good friend from it. It's hard because then like I did something recently and there was um, somebody there and they're like, oh, do you want to know like the chain of producer kind of things? They had worked on like a show like it. Um, so I don't know if this is actually what happens in, in the Bachelor world, but they were like, there's like the producer, you know, that are like in the ear, they're becoming your friends, but then they have like nothing. And I, again, I have no idea if this is Bachelor because this is was from another show, but it was a similarly structured show. And they were like, but then it goes to like um, the people who cut it apart and they don't know you. So they don't care about you. And then you edit together a story. So that's like the final person is like this person that doesn't care about you and doesn't know you at all. So um, that was probably not very clear, but yeah. <laughs> no, I get what I you're have saying. A theory, I have a theory on what show this is. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like though, yeah, and there's some producers that I, like, yeah, I'm very good friends with one still, and I feel like she truly does have my back. Like, she's she really does want me to just, like, when I've told her I'm in a relationship outside of being on the show, she's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. I, you know, like, she, like, wants me to be, truly to be happy. So, um, yeah. But I'm always very, I haven't become good friends with them because I'm just so weary. Of course. You wrote a book, mm-hmm. AP underscore unwritten. What uh, what prompted you to write this book? So um, during the last couple years, I like with COVID and everything, I got into a relationship, and um, he he seemed like really the the best of the best, and. Um, fooled so many people and continues to do so. Anyways, it prompted a lot of heartbreak. And during that heartbreak, uh, I we were, we were supposed to move to Maui together. And two days before moving, um, he broke up with me. And so I was, I decided to go still. I decided to move into the house that we were supposed to live in together, um, that we had signed a lease for six months. And so I, uh, but I was in the oh house God. by myself. Like in Hawaii at that time, uh, quarantine rules were so strict that for, I think it was 14 days you had to quarantine and like the government would call you every day. You, if you took out your trash, you would find like $1,500. So I was literally inside. I did not go outside. And, um, and so during that time I like had, had nothing to do. So I was like, okay, I guess we are going to just 
kick ass and like get this healing going. So I was like getting up every morning, meditating, reading, exercising, talking to my therapist. And I just was like writing and I could not stop writing. And I got to a point that I was like, oh my gosh, I had written so many poems. Um, what, what am I going to do with these? Like, are these just for me or do I share them? And then I was like, they could actually help maybe somebody. And that's like, at the end of the day, it's really my whole purpose in life is if I, if I can help people, then I'm, then I feel like I've lived a successful life. So, um, so anyway, so I, I started reaching out to publishers and, um, yeah. And then I, two years later, I have a book and two years later, he has done the exact same thing to somebody else. He was supposed to move with her. And, oh, so that was the thing. <laughs> That's the, so, um, so I move out of this house in, in Maui and I was like, okay, I'm going to get my own place. And like, I'm done with this lease. I had gotten out of the lease. It was just on his name. I'm like, you can do with it, whatever you want, but I'm out, I'm getting my own place. Um, then he moves there like in a month later with his new girlfriend. And, um, yeah, he just did the same thing to her. They were both, they were supposed to move and, um, and he up and broke up with her two days before they were supposed to move to another country. Jesus. He's got that 48 hour oh rule down. Yeah. Is he somehow making money off of yeah, like, is like there Kinder some Schindler. sort of a scam involved? <laughs> like <laughs> he's helping well, Hawaii like, tourism or something. It was a crazy healing process because I had to see him with somebody else, like basically living the life that we had talked about. Uh, on um, and it's God. Really, that is messed up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it was just, a, it was a big heartbreak and, and, it just it like spurred on so much creativity in me. I I'm already a creative person. Um, I was a fine arts major. So like I draw, I write, I, um, I just try to always do something creative. That's just how I operate. But, uh, so this for me was like a total departure though. Like I never thought that I would write a book, especially, a yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's like, it's, and it's very different. Like people, when they hear it's a you know, somebody from Bachelor Nation that's written a book, they're like, oh, is it a memoir or whatever? I'm like, not really. It's like an art and poetry journal. They're like, where's the tea? <laughs> in the intro, I I talk about a little, a couple of things, but you know, there's really, it's really just more, like I said, I want somebody who is dealing with their own heartbreak or on, on a healing journey. And they're um, they're just looking for something else to help them get through it. So I know like it was a really hard one for me to get through. I think I had so many unprocessed like breakups from The Bachelor. My dad had passed away like right after when um, when Camille broke up with me, that happened. And then it was like two weeks later that it aired. And then it was like two weeks later that my dad went to the hospital and 10 days later he had passed away. So I was like, bang, 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 bang. I had to like oh, God. relive the breakup oh, over and over and then I had to deal with his passing. And so there was just like a lot of things that I had been, you know, I'd like, I talk about it a lot now that I would heal a little bit. I would like go to therapy again. I would just do like little, little things, but I hadn't really I wasn't like trying to heal um, deeper and like actually change fundamental things that I was doing and recognize my patterns that I was, was like continuing to live in to actually like break these patterns and not go for the same guy and not, not like continually have this kind of like own heartbreak. So um, yeah. So if I can help some like, I bet. Yeah. Go ahead. I bet a lot of people can relate to it. I bet you are helping people like, 
I don't know. I've been through uh, breakups with a narcissist too, and uh, it's not it's not your fault that you were you were tricked. No. Creams and serums are made of seventy percent water, fifteen percent preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around fifteen percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> At all. Um, you also, you're a woman of many talents. You co-hosted Help I Suck at Dating with Dean and Jared. In my opinion, you seem like a natural. Would you ever start your own podcast? It's so funny. I, I'm always like, what would I talk about? But then I'm like, oh, wait, I can talk for hours. Uh <laughs> what do you mean? What would you talk about? We're like an hour into this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like it's a weird thought to be on that side of the microphone. I just did an audio. I just recorded an audio version of my book. It's not out yet, but I had to invest in all of this audio equipment. And so I'm kind of like kind of got I kind of have all the makings for it now except for the confidence to actually say I'm going to do it um but I have been like I've been to me like it's really important again I'll, I'm going to say it again is to help people and so if I can like get the message mm -hmm. out of of like healing of like just helping people who are going through that heartbreak stage because like sometimes like today I'm actually I'm um 
I don't know when this is going to be aired, but um, but I'm jumping on with uh, a good friend of mine from Love is Blind, and she and I are like going through a lot of the same things right now, and um, we're going to jump on a call just because I'm like, I think it's just really important that we talk about these things, you know, and she and I have been doing a lot together, and I'm like, maybe we, maybe we need to do a podcast together. You're talking about Kelly Chase, I assume? I am, yeah. I love her. So, yes, this is a fantastic idea for a podcast. You should both be doing that immediately. <laughs> And how did that friendship come about? We knew each other before she went on Love is Blind. Um, I met her at a birthday party in Los Angeles on the beach. Uh, I think I had just done The Bachelor. I hadn't done Paradise yet. And yeah, we have a really good mutual friend. Uh, And then it's just funny. Like she reached out to me. uh, Hmm. I know I got, I'm trying to think when her season was, but it, like after she had done her season she was like, I'm just, having, I'm having a hard time, like kind of figuring out who I am in all of this. Like, post- I think it aired at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. right? Maybe like, like a year ago or something. She reached out and was just like, I'm just trying to figure out like who I am. I'm being told who I am by all these other people, but like, how did you deal with that? And so I think that was sort of the start of our friendship. Cause it wasn't like, it was just a phone call, you know, it wasn't like a zoom. It wasn't a live. It was just like two people just like, yeah. Um, and then I just, yeah, we're sort of in the same place. We're similar ages We're we both really want to find our partner. We've done so much healing and work on ourselves. We're, um, we, our mission in life is to really help people in relationships and, and in their own journey, like I said, in healing and, and, um, so I feel like we're both really on this similar path uh, and we can relate so much like this, this weekend we're, we're both like, oh my God, it sucks being in your late thirties and single. Everyone is like out with their families or doing something. And, you know, like I love my friends, but I'm not going to meet probably my person like in your backyard with all married. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> You know, you'd have to take on a different strategy yeah. and a not, not <laughs> unsavory strategy. So, I don't know. We're both just, it's tricky when you, I think that's, we've just like, we found each other at this time of life and we both really need each other. So um, we've just, and it's funny because we just keep getting uh, like put into the same place at the same time. So we were together pretty much all last week. Um, and yeah, we just, we like get along. So, um, I love her. Well, I love this dynamic duo. And if you ever do start that podcast, let us know and you'll have to come back on and tell us about it. Yeah. I I mean, maybe we will. I don't know. We're going to do a live today and we'll see. Well, I I think it would be so natural for us, but then at the same time, there's no overhead. You already have the equipment. (laughs) You just start doing it. All you have to make sure is you do it once a week, you put it out. And you, I mean, I'm sure both of you would have so much to talk about in all the, the areas you're telling us about, like healing and relationships and all that. But you've also both been through these extremely unique experiences. Almost no one has been through two of these shows, two of these experiences. And we're now learning about Love is Blind. Like there's also been some uh, interesting producer manipulation happening on that show. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys could, I think, yeah. talk about that. And- food deprivation. What? That was the most recent thing. A, one of the women who was on the most recent Love is Bind said that they wouldn't let her have food. And she kind of got like a f- fool crazy edit um, on her season. But 
Um, would you do another reality show? Would you ever go on Bachelor in Paradise again? Um, I like, I okay. <laughs> I feel like everyone listening is like, if you say yes, you are batshit crazy. <laughs> I, I don't. I, yeah. it's I, a, you could walk out of there with a couple hundred thousand followers. I mean, you already have 150K, but like you could potentially, if you went on Bachelor in Paradise again, depending on the season and the edit and all that, you could maybe hit a million. I think and then you're looking at- or true love. They're not going to like me very much. Um, but I already think they don't like me very much over there anymore. Um, no, I I mean, the, the main reason I don't, like actively try to like pursue it or make that happen or, or want it to happen is cause I don't, and this is not like an ageism thing. It's just, I know what I want at 37 and I'm like, I am actually ready for somebody who's at my level. I don't think someone who's like 23, who's trying to get the Instagram followers is going to be my person. And I truly would like to also get a relationship. So, um, I like, I'm just not good at faking relationships. So like um yeah if I go on there needs to be somebody that I actually is like age appropriate and that I really truly think could be somebody that would be a match for me that's probably the only way I would do it or if they like did some sort of spin-off I was thinking about this the other day I was like I need to reach out to some producers because I feel like they should do a spin-off that's like um like you know there's now uh the podcast there's almost famous and then there's the um someone almost famous them. OG yeah yeah a5. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they need to do like an OG Bachelor in Paradise where it's like everyone's in their 30s or maybe 40s even. Yes. Too. And yes. I love that. Yes. That was a fantastic idea. Yes. Please let this happen. Maybe they're... it's not on a beach. There's less sun exposure. <laughs> I love this one. But, um, but yeah, like give us <laughs> Never mind. sunglasses though. You know, like give us that at least. I don't need any more crow's feet. I like was surfing every day in Maui. I'm like, I just made it worse. But, um, but no, I'm like, give me, yeah, like an OG Bachelor in Paradise. I would, I would definitely consider that. I think there's some, the thing is, is I always remember watching it and like before being on it and I'd see interviews of people that were like, I've, um, what would they say? I learned so much, you know, from, from that experience. And I was like, what can you learn from that? What can you learn about yourself? But I have learned so much about myself from being on this, on, you know, a part of this. And I feel like I'm definitely a different person now for sure. I mean, it was also forever ago, but yeah, do you still watch the show? No. Bachelor, Bachelorette? You, when was your last season? When did you check out? Mm, I think so. I was on uh, season six also of Bachelor in Paradise. Um, I think I watched like the first episode and I was like, oh, I can't watch it. And I don't think I've watched it since. Um, it gives me PTSD. I just, I feel for people who get edits like I've gotten. I feel for... I don't know, like a lot of the people that I personally know from the franchise, like some of the people that are America's sweethearts are not the nicest people. And some of the people who are not the nicest people to the American public are gems of humans. Like it's, so I just think it's really, it's so hard because we're just judging so, um, I don't know, ferociously these like people who are just people and, um, I know we're asking for it because we're, or I guess you could argue that we're asking for it because we're going on, on a reality dating show. But at the same time, like, I don't know, we, we at least deserve to be depicted as who we are. Like, I always thought, like, if you would have just given me an edit, that's me, I think that would have still been good. You know, 
don't think he needed. Totally. I don't think they needed to throw in all the other stuff. Like I think people would have just been like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna like her because of X, Y, and Z." That would have been like fine and enough. Yeah, I think after you know twenty plus years of the show being around and multiple decades now of producers coming in and out of it, like Elon Gale, who I'm sure you worked with a little bit. He was kind of, I think, the primary architect of what, not necessarily the modern game is anymore, but up until his departure, he certainly, I think, walked that fine line of being able to manipulate players into weird, funny, maybe even villainous situations, but then also still deliver a decent love story at the end. Now I think where the game is, is the producers are only looking for the manipulations and like the crazy bombastic stuff at the expense of showing us who these people really are. Um, and it, I don't know, there's something gone with him, I think, in it. There, it's a little, the, the luster has worn off the show a little bit. We still love it because we love the game of it and like watching players do whatever they're doing to get however far they get. But um, I agree with what you're saying. I think the, the villain edits and like how malicious the show has become, the producers, I should say, have become in service of their whatever narratives they've got cooked up. I think it does take something away from the show. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I think um, like people really at the end of the day, yes, there's like, there's so much drama and like craziness that ensues. But like at the end of the day, people do want to see those love stories. You know, people do want to see people like falling in love. And um, I think it can be done in a way that's, that is, I'm trying to think of like not using the word manipulative or like kind or like, you know, like there's just ways to, I think, probably go about it. But, and I think we're as a society, again, hopefully changing a little bit, um, baby steps, but um, that, that people are okay with, with accepting the fact that like everyone's different and we need to just be accepting of that. And we need to be kinder to people. And we need to like accept that somebody's had a, a dog, like trauma in their life, but still can love animals and still can love dogs and own their own dog. Like, Doesn't deserve death threats. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, it's wild. How, like how um, polarizing, I guess, is like how, how some of it can be. And, and I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. We don't need all of the craziness. It's kind of just like in our world, maybe I'm like getting going to be too political right now, but I just think like, we just don't, we don't need all of the crazy things to be to like stay engaged we just i agree and it's in terms of like the death threats and the audience or some component of what we call the fourth audience which is us the people watching the show to have that much of an acute visceral reaction to like villain edits and stuff like that i think we all need to like understand this isn't real it, it's all just reality tv but it does become real when you fire off a direct message to the actual person on Instagram that's like a death threat or whatever kind of mean, malicious thing it may be. I'm always still surprised that like so much of the, the Bachelor viewing audience doesn't understand that these edits are fake. They're, they're meant to make you mad or feel a certain way as you're sitting at home watching on this on your couch. And then to take that next step of sending a death threat is always insanely extreme to me. And I do think the game would be better off if that didn't happen. Yeah. The other thing that I, I never understand with viewers is that, and I, I mean, I don't know. I try, I try to like see both sides, but, or like if I was a viewer and hadn't been on the show, like how, how I would feel, but like people want to believe that I am exactly the same person that I was on like RA season. They don't want to accept the fact that I've changed and grown. And, um, but if you think about it, I was on 
five years ago. And that's longer than high school. If you think about who you were when you went into high school versus who you were when you came out of high school, you were probably a very different person or you've like, you at least grew a ton. And so I think about that a lot because I'm like, people just don't like to accept that that I'm not that person still. And that's always a problem for me. Cause I'm like, do you understand? Like I've gone through so much. I've gone through so much actual real life that people have not seen. Um, that does change you, makes you grow, makes you heal like childhood wounds and like go deeper and all of that. And so, you know, I have a hard time with that sometimes too. Cause I'm like, I'm not that person anymore. You know, like even if that. <laughs> and we've all gone through some collective traumas yeah. in the past few years. I don't know what so. you mean. <laughs> But even <laughs> like I'm allowed to be some of that. Yeah, I could be some of that still, but like that's not my that's not my whole thing. I think that's hard for a lot of people to understand too as viewers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I I do think of myself as a gullible person and I haven't experienced the like someone who's got an America Sweetheart edit being like a villain in real life, but I have experienced the opposite where I've had thoughts going into meeting a person who was on the show and then they're just such a sweetheart and I'm like oh yeah yeah the editing got me again (laughs) like it's it's hard it's very they're very good at their jobs yeah Yeah, I mean I like I do remember watching it when I would watch it and I'm like I don't like that person blah blah blah. you know I do it myself so I think that's that's the hard thing and then you get to know them and you're like oh wait they're literally like yeah, I think a lot of times like the villains are super nice people because they're so easily manipulated, able to be manipulative, manipulated, manipulated. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, yeah. Yeah, they're just like gullible, nice people a lot of times. Thank you so much for sharing this whole story with us and your perspective. Like I found it to be a very refreshingly honest interview and like I so appreciate it. And definitely identify with uh with how your approach to going on the show I feel like would be mine (laughs) hopefully did not break every um rule in my contract just kind of like I get way too lax sometimes talking about it more and more I'm like oh whatever um but yeah I so appreciated this conversation it was it was great chatting with you yeah. yeah you so too. where can people find you on the uh, in the interweb? My uh, my Instagram is always a, a great resource just because then they can find everything else that I'm talking about um, at the moment. But so that's a wait. What is my Instagram? Annalise Puccini. Annalise P. Oh my god, I don't even know my Instagram. I'm sorry. Um, it's Annalise P. A N N A L I E S E P. And then my website is uh, TBD. It will be up hopefully next week. So then that will be the resource. So maybe I could send that to you guys. I don't actually even remember what the name of that is going to be. I can't remember the name of my Instagram. I can't remember the name of anything. <laughs> and you have a forthcoming podcast we that know we're going to be went. looking out for too with Kelly Chase, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my brain is operating at half mass now, but... No problem. Uh, but again, thanks so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much to Annalise Puccini for joining us and talking all things about all seasons. You know, not all players have the have similar experiences. People get edited in very different ways. And it was so fascinating to hear about Annalise's journey through all of this. She really is a player that I 
and I think many people are like this, many viewers in the fourth audience, she's a player that I've just kind of constantly wondered about because they did her so fucking dirty in those edits, like literally shooting more mm-hmm. footage to bolster a full edit. So I was very happy to get to talk to her and we wish her nothing but the best moving forward in her life yes. in all regards can't wait for that fucking podcast that she's gonna wind up doing i mean I know she's i've been trying to brainstorm names already <laughs> <laughs> well good luck to annalise and puccini's points that's fantastic okay um but good luck to annalise and all of the puccini heads out there we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we will be back with twibbon at the end of the week until then as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,372 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 